I think people panic and overreact. And one of the best pieces of advice I've been given since traveling and doing it was from Cameron McCormick, who said a motto that he had was that it's always better to underreact than overreact. You know, I mean, I think that's a great piece of advice. And I think that way too many students or way too many players on the PGA Tour, and, and it's the same with junior golf. I mean, it's in college golf and high school golf. I mean, everybody overreacts and they're too easy to jump and too easy to panic. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. On the podcast today, we are talking about teaching on the PGA Tour. On the show, we talk all the time about performance, getting better, how do we always be improving. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that at the highest level, what's going on with that PGA Tour and instructor relationship, because we've been breaking down myths and misconceptions, and we probably don't have a clear understanding of what's going on at that highest level, that conversation that we don't hear about. Because we all see it on TV, or when you show up and you watch a tournament, that instructor standing on the range with their player. So today, we are going to go behind the curtain with an instructor who I've been lucky enough to spend a bunch of time with over the past couple of years, Tony Ruggiero. Well, I teach in Mobile, Alabama and along the Gulf Coast. The Country Club of Mobile got a great facility here and some great spots over at the Grand Hotel and in Panama City. And then you know, I teach on the PGA Tour, Lucas Glover and Tom Lovelady, and I teach uh, web.com players, Michael Johnson, Robbie Shelton, who played at Alabama, Michael was at Auburn, Luke Guthrie, and Sepp Straka, who played at Georgia, and I teach Bobby Wyatt, who plays professional, who's played on tour, played at Alabama, so those are my main folks. I want to start out this episode talking about what a week is like on tour, the stuff that we see as fans but aren't exactly sure what's going on. So... Tony's going to dive into what a typical week looks like, the kinds of conversations he's having, what kind of instruction he's doing, and the things that they are working on. You know, I change it up. I mean, and, and again, I, I don't know that it's right or wrong or indifferent. It's what I do. You know, so I rotate. I go some weeks. I go Monday, Tuesday to do some prep. I go some weeks Wednesday, do a little prep, and then watch him play Thursday and leave. You know, recently I went and watched Tom Lovelady play Friday, Saturday, and it turned out Monday in Kentucky because I, you know, I I watch trends and what they're doing. And I, you know, early in the year, I watched, I'm going to use Tom as an example, but I, you know, I watched that he, you know, didn't get off to great starts. And then when he made the cut, he played great on the weekend. And then I saw that, heck, he was getting good starts, but the weekends weren't finishing great. So, I mean, what's going on? Obviously, is it expectations? Is it putting pressure on yourself? Is he playing different? So I wanted to go see what was different, and I wanted to try to help coach him over that threshold because he needs a good finish to secure, and he, fin- he ended up finishing second and playing great. You know, so my weeks changed. They're different each week. I mean, it's really, you know, it's it's really more dependent on where the player is, what they're doing. I, I sp- you know, I mean, I think the maybe the biggest thing I'm most proud of is, uh, and you've seen this, is if you looked at all of my players, they all swing different. They all hit different shots. They're all a lot of them are at different places in their life. And it's the adaptability and the ability to help each one of them obtain 
you know, the goals that they are. And, and I think to do that, you have to be willing to change your week's schedule, your structure, and you have to be willing to like dig down and figure out, Hey, what can I do? That's going to help this guy play better this week or this stretch of golf. So I would say a common perception of what we think uh, an instructor at a tour event is that video shot on TV on Sunday of the instructor standing behind the student as they're warming up because they're in the lead, right? And you're kind of watching that. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, showing on Wednesday that you're working with so-and-so on the range. What's happening in those conversations or when you're standing there behind a, a player? What's actually going on there? Well, I think everybody's, you know, so like, you know, there's folks that I know from listening to them, you know, they talk about how they do talk about mechanics and I've seen teachers put their hands on players and move them into positions right before they play. You know, my philosophy always has been, I mean, if we don't have it figured out by probably two or three o'clock on Wednesday, it ain't going to matter anyways. (laughs) I mean, we're going to have the weekend to work on it somewhere. So, I mean, if I'm there on a Sunday or a Monday and a guy's in one of the last groups and he's going to play, I mean, you know, our conversation is much more, mine is much more keeping them relaxed, keeping them focused on what they need to do. You know, I may reiterate one or two things that we've kind of, hey, this is what causes it when you, this is what causes the right shot if you hit it a little right. Just remember that, you know, those types of things. But as far as like, you know, mechanical stuff, I don't, I I shut all that down after, I mean, I, I shut that down after Wednesday. What would you be doing Wednesday morning then or, or Tuesday? Like what kind of work would you do on the range with someone? So a, a typical week with I think Monday is a great day to reset your setup fundamentals or, or reset what you're working on. I mean, you know, so like guys, what they travel week to week, right? So they've changed, you know, they've gone from playing in the wind or not playing in the wind or it's been wet or whatever, you know, so I like to, you know, I always like to start out Monday with, uh, you know, I mean, you've been around me. I like to use a rope for a target line or sticks if we don't have one. And I like to, I like to get your setup fundamentals and your ball position, your posture. I like to get all that back. And every player's different. Every player has a different place. We want it, want their hips and their, you know, ball position and and their target line and all that. But I like to reset and go back to, you know, I like to go back to what, you know, our ground zero is, what our baseline is on Monday and say, you know, okay, so we know when we set up like this, and we get you here, this tends to produce the you know the ball flight and the shape that we like. Let's start there before we add anything or change anything, and let's make sure we're working off of what we know we want to do. So that's Monday, you know, and a lot of times you get everybody set back up the way they need to be, and you know things go back to clicking on all cylinders, and sometimes you know then if if it doesn't, you know I you know normally on Monday, depending on the player and their schedule and so forth i mean you you watch them play nine holes, and you know if if the ball's over curving or it's hanging one direction or not starting online, you know, then Tuesday would be the the day to go back to our list of the things that I work on with whatever player and say, okay, this is why it's not starting online, or this is why it's over curving, or this is why it's, you know, not solid or whatever it is. But, you know, I like to watch it after I get them restructured and reset back on the baseline, I like to watch it on the golf course for a few holes and, and see, see what the ball's doing. And then Wednesday would be just reconfirming what we've done Monday, what I saw Monday and what we did on Tuesday and then leaving. And I know as far as your relationships with, you know, the players you work with is, is you are their, their coach and you're, you know, not just a swing guy. You're there out on the course. You're also having dinner with them. It's like, you're really trying to get them to perform at their best. You know, nowadays in golf, I mean, most of the players have a team of people around them, right? 
So, you know, there may be a short game or somebody that has a input on short game. And so you kind of, you let that go on and, you know, or they have mental coaches and you, you've done a lot of stuff with Greg Carton. Greg's helped me with a bunch of my web guys and some of my tour guys and had a huge influence on things. So like, you know, during the week I may text or if, if they're not there or whatever, bounce things off of other members of the team. You know, I have stats, can't do it for the web because they don't have all the same shot link, but I have Peter Sanders of shot by shot does little stats report cards for me for all my tour guys. And so I look at that before I go to see, you know, it may say, Hey, you know, they weren't very good from in the fairway from 150 yards or whatever it is. And just, you know, I, I don't necessarily always tell them that I may suggest just have them hit some extra shots from that range or find a creative way to get them to practice it a little bit more, you know, those types of things. Gotcha. For you, how important is your time with players off the golf course during a, a tournament week? I think it, for me, it's big, you know, and, and, you know, other guys aren't for me, it's really big. Cause I think the relationship that you have, I think the trust that you develop and the friendship and the, you know, that you're, you're all in this together. And I think is a big deal for me. And, and I think that's a big way to motivate people. I think you can help get people to buy into the plan that you want when they trust you. And there's a deeper commitment, a deeper relationship. And, you know, I always, I, I tell folks all the time, I'm hundred percent, not the smartest guy out there, maybe one of the dumbest, but you know, I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to outwork me or out care about their players. And, and, you know, I, you know, I was one of the cool things. Michael Johnson was, you know, he played in the last group a month or two ago and they interviewed him about me being there. And he, he made the comment that, you know, I care more about him and my guys and anybody he knows. And that was, that was, you know, that, that was better than here. And I could, you know, fix somebody's driver better than everybody else. Cause I think when you create a culture where all of your players and you understand you're in it together and you're all working together and you care about each other, I think you've got the opportunity to to have a lot of success. And I, one of the things I tried to create is I try to create a community where my players can talk to each other or ask for help from each other. I mean, I've asked Lucas to Tom's asked to play with Lucas. They, they try to play together and, and, you know, Lucas is a veteran. He's won a major to, you know, show Tom some of the ropes or to play, you know, some with him. Or when I was talking with Smiley, the same, or working with Smiley, the same thing. And, you know, and then I take my guys in, you know, in January and I have all my web guys and my guys coming up as pros. And we go down to South Florida and we all play together and train together and work together. You know, I think that culture of everybody working together and having everybody as a resource is, is powerful. I think it's valuable. And I think it's, something that's that's allowed us to have some success. So I'm curious to hear if that's what you expected was going on during a typical week or not. Just shoot a message on Twitter. You can tag at Golf Science Lab or me at Cordy Walker. Because I think it's fascinating because we see that Tony is really a coach. He's working to help his players be in their best performance state possible. He's definitely not just there in the driving range giving some swing tips. He's not there talking about golf swing technique all the time. And, you know, I've spent a bunch of time with Tony and you see he's always answering texts. He's taking phone calls and he's constantly working with his players to really make sure that they're going to be in their best possible place when they show up to a tournament. And beyond tournament week, 
Let's talk a little bit now about what they work on between the tournaments. Are they, you know, doing complete swing rehauls? What are some of the things that they spend their time doing when they're able to spend some time, a handful of hours together on a range in the teaching bay somewhere? So that's kind of the part of, of tournament week. What is the relationship beyond that? Are you traveling to go work with them at their home course? Are they traveling to come to your facility? Like what is going on with that relationship? It's different. You know, it's different. And I think that if there's a key to success, it's the ability to adapt and to be malleable and bend and and fit whatever, you know, what guys need. I mean, you know, I'm lucky in that like Tom and Lucas both live in Jupiter, right? And both play at great places at the Bears Club and at Medalist. So it's easy to pick a week, like in a few weeks, where they're both going to be home and Lucas is about to come back from knee surgery and or scope or whatever. And, and, and I, you know, I can go work with both of them at one time in an off day and take two days down there and, and do a lot. I've got a great facility in Mobile, the Dome, and, you know, the majority of my guys come here on off weeks. But, you know, look, there's times that it doesn't fit for those guys when they've played Shoot, if they've played six, seven weeks, you know, they want to be home and they've got family obligation to be home. So you've got to, you've got to go there. So it's give and take. And I, I think the one thing that all of my guys and we all do is we all really try to compromise and work together so that one person doesn't do all the traveling that, you know, everybody, everybody kind of works together on that and, and figures out what's best for everybody. On an off week, what's an example of, of what you're going to be working on? Are, are you getting them on all your technology and trying to make changes? Or are you just trying to get out on the course and, and try out some new feels? Like what, what happens during a, a training session when you're there at your place or you're at their place? Depends on the player, you know, but one in particular being a couple of weeks when I go down, I'm going to take my swing catalyst and my K vest and all that stuff. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge tech guy, but I want to get some, you know, I want to be able to measure and get some data. And so, you know, so like in the case of maybe Tom, it's at the end of a long year, you're getting ready for the playoffs, but you also, we're trying to work back towards things he did when we both probably thought that he swung a little better, you know, so it's easier to do that stuff on an off week to say, what's the best approach to do that? So we're trying to get him back to doing some things that we may, you know, just may like it a little bit better. I mean, not like we're making major changes. We're always trying to get back to what we like it to look like, what we like the ball flight to be like. I think that's hard to do at a tournament for it a lot of times, especially when there are rookies and you got a lot of new stuff going on and they've got expectations and they're, they're trying to keep their card. So I look forward to the off weeks to do most of the heavy lifting and the same thing with Lucas. I mean, we're, we're getting ready to reset for when he comes back. So we're, we're taking videos. We know the things that we like that he likes it to look like and that we both agree or what he does when he plays his best golf. And so we'll spend most of our time, whether it's through use of technology or, or just hitting shots or different things to get back to that and and for him to have an understanding and a feel of how to do it. Yeah. You know, I think spending time around you and, you know, just kind of hearing what you do with your two players is that you put an incredible amount of work, incredible amount of time and effort and care into all of your players and making sure that they're getting better, whether that's talking with, you know, all, all parts of their team from caddy to fitness, to mental, to agent, you're kind of working with everybody and, and just really, I mean, you put a ton of work into this. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. You know, it takes a lot of effort. But, you know, I mean, it's what we want to do. And, you know, I think like, you know, I mean, I think most people that do what we do would like to be challenged 
to do it at the at the highest level to see if you've got the ability to do it. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. But, you know, I think that's one reason that the personal side of it and the closeness and the close-knit group that we have is important because you spend a lot of time with these folks. I mean, you know, now I've kind of got, you, know, you may have to edit this, but I've got like a no dickhead policy. You know, I mean, it's just not <laughs> worth yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that can play the game for a living. I mean, it's just not worth spending a bunch of time with somebody that's going to be, you know, overbearing, you know, too selfish, isn't fun to be around. I mean, you know, so, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you've got enough folks playing that that becomes more important than adding another person to your group. And and, I, and I've got a great support staff around me that are all awesome at what they do. I mean, you know, I use Greg Carton like I talked about a lot. Colby Touye, who you've met. I mean, Colby's been one of the biggest influences on my teaching in the last several years, understanding a little more about what the body does. And, you know, I mean, great resources like Scott Lynn, you know, swing catalyst and biomechanist that I can bounce things off of. I mean, so, you, you know, I think the more resources you have around you, the better opportunities you have or the better chance you have to help the folks you're trying to help. Yeah. No, I, and I, I guess I just want to communicate to people is just like, it's way more than you just showing up to a tournament and giving some swing tips before a round. The, the texts and the phone calls and like, it's nonstop, really. You're on call 24-7, I think, for the most part. You know, and you think about it, I mean, so much of what these folks do and their performance is, I mean, look, it's affected by things that go on, you know, with their kids, their family, their, you know, parents. I mean, just different things. I mean, how they feel what's going on stresses in their life. So, I mean, you know, you're part of that. You're, you're part of helping them deal with those things. And and I think every player is, you have a different relationship with, but I think that that relationship's important, but like, do, you know, I think that people would be surprised that when you're at a tour event, not that you don't do a lot of teaching. I mean, like you don't go change a grip. You know I mean? To me, and I know, but there are guys out there that do tons of, mechanical work at a golf tournament for me that's just not my gig i mean it's just not what i do i mean i'm very much a plan guy when it comes to teaching my goal my job i believe is that when i start with any players to say here's our plan here's where you are now here's where we're going these are the things you need to do in your golf swing to get those and my job the week out on the pga tour or, or the web.com tour is to are we keeping them on the plan are you staying committed to what we're doing and if you're not having success, which part of the plan are we not doing or what are we not doing enough of? I mean, I don't think my job week to week on the PGA Tour or Web.com Tour is to is to add a bunch of mechanical stuff. I mean, you know, very seldom does that happen. I, and I know it works for a lot of folks. I just, it just doesn't work for me. One aspect of this, this PGA Tour and instructor relationship that I'm sure we have very little knowledge of as the average golf fan is... How do players switch instructors? How would Tony go about getting a new player and on the flip side, losing a player? Why does that happen? And what's going on during that entire process? I think it's different ways. You know, I think the best way to get to the PGA Tour is to be a good enough teacher to actually develop somebody to get there, you know? And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some folks go from, uh, you know, to go through the system and do that. And I, and I think that I think most of the time, you know, it'd probably be a better question for players, but I, you know, I think agents, when a player is struggling, you know, they have teachers they know or people that they trust and they tend to reach out for a player. 
you know, and I think other players or there are friends with other players and stuff. And I think, you know, other players that they're close with will say, Hey, you know, I know you're struggling. You want so-and-so to take a look or whatever, those types of things. I think it comes mostly from agents and other players and, you know, and then, you know, normally somebody reaches out to you and just says, Hey, do you mind taking a look or do you mind uh, watching a video? And, you know, that's normally how it starts, you know, but I'm very careful because I've had it done to me. You know, I think in general, I think people panic and overreact. And one of the best pieces of advice I've been given since traveling and doing it was from Cameron McCormick, who said a motto that he had was that it's always better to underreact than overreact. You know, I mean, I think that's a great piece of advice. And I think that way too many students or way too many players on the PGA Tour, and, and it's the same with junior golf. I mean, it's in college golf and high school golf. I mean, everybody overreacts and they're too easy to jump and too easy to panic. And so I try to try to be respectful of that. You know, if a player asks for an opinion, you know, I'll normally be like, you know, I mean, well, what is it you don't like about what you're doing? You know, I mean, if, if they're, you know, I mean, sometimes just telling them that what they're doing is the right thing is, you know, and tell them to, you know, to keep working on it at it, or maybe give, get a different look with their current teachers, the right thing. I, I don't think most of the time jumping teachers even if it's coming to me, is the right move for a tour player or for any player. I think most of the time when you've spent a lot of time and had success with somebody, the best thing for you is to figure out how to work through it together. You know, I think too many people fall into where they don't have success because they panic, they overreact, they jump and they change, and then they get into a hole where they can't dig out. And they can't dig out, and it gets too hard to go back to what they used to do. And, you know, lots of times they're not very good at looking in the mirror and saying, you know, that, hey, they were part of the problem. And then it, it spirals. And, and I think that uh, it's way easier if they don't overreact on the front end and they don't panic and they just settle down and everybody gets back to what they they need to be doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So kind of the, the main way that new players are, are going to come into your sphere if they're referred by an agent or another player, typically, that would be the, the number one way. Most definitely. Yeah. And then let's talk about, about losing a player. Like what kind of happens there? Cause we hear about that time that uh, you just mentioned, you know, players switching. Why do players switch? What kind of happens there? I think players switch when they feel like they're not improving or that what they're being asked to do isn't getting them where they want to go. You know, I think that's why they switch. But I, I also think that sometimes, I mean, you know, improvement's a two-way street. I mean, the the teacher's got to be accountable and the player's got to be accountable for trusting it and doing it and, and communicating like, Hey, I can't do it this way, or I can do it this way. You know, there's got to be, you know, there's two sides. And so, you know, but I mean, I think players have different reasons, but obviously generally it's, they don't feel like they're improving or they feel like they're getting worse or, you know, there's a ball, a certain shot that they keep hitting that they, you know, can't overcome those types of things, you know, or, or why they, you know, why they change, you know, obviously, you know, it's a business. And we're going to get fired way more than we get hired. And, you know, it's hard to not take it personal at times. But, you know, I think the longer you do it, the less you take it personal. Although, like you said, I mean, I'm pretty close with these guys and spend a lot of time. So I've obviously taken some of my firings pretty hard, probably harder than I need to. But, you know, you learn to understand that it's not an indictment on your ability or that you suck as a teacher, which is what I used to think every time I got fired. Yes, yes. I think. Mark Blackburn once said, you 
in this business you get hired to get fired eventually <laughs> or something along those lines but that's just that's part of it after a while i think you learn that one player's success or lack of success doesn't validate you as a teacher i mean at a certain point you get to a place where you yourself feel good about what you've accomplished and what you know and and your ability to help people and i think when you get there i think you actually can help people better because you're not afraid of being fired i didn't used to be there i mean you know uh that's probably why I got fired early on was I was trying to not get fired. So, you know, but you get to that point where you feel pretty good about what you do and you're confident in what you do. And if you're true to yourself and you stick to what you do, you got a whole lot better chance at helping people. But, you know, getting fired still sucks. I mean, you've cause you put a lot of time into it, yeah. but it's going to happen. But you also got to know that it's going to happen. And I think like anything else, I mean, you know, most people would rather blame somebody else than say they haven't done a good job, too. What what else we got? We got anything else? So we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I think we've given a lot of insight, you know, if people want to understand it. And, and there is real teaching that goes on. I mean, but it, it's done selectively around tournaments and around you. You think the big thing I would end this with is like, I think as a teacher on tour, you pick, you pick your battles and you pick your times to have them. And that, I think that's kind of the art of teaching these folks. I think the thing is, is that it's different for everybody. You know, the biggest thing that I personally have learned since teaching out on the tour, which is more than some and a lot less than some of the uh, my other counterparts out there, is that I think you have to be yourself. I mean, the biggest thing I've learned is you have to be yourself. And I think that, you know, so when I first came out there and I lost a player like Bobby Wyatt had been with me forever. And, you know, I mean, was, we were great friends and, it you know, heck, he wasn't getting better. Uh, And he went to, you know, he went to another teacher and, you know, my instinct was I've got to figure out what that guy's doing, why, why it didn't work. You know, so I started trying to be another teacher. I started trying to do something different. And I found that that was worse than the me that wasn't getting people better. And, you know, I've learned that whatever it is that I do that helps make people better, that has success, I, I needed to understand it better. And I needed I needed to stay true to what I believed in and what I thought and the things that I thought were important. That didn't mean I didn't keep learning or keep trying to improve, but, you know, I didn't change who I was. And and I think that that's the biggest thing I've learned. And I think people have this idea that, you know, tour teachers all teach the same thing or they all do the same stuff or everybody's week's the same. And I think that the reason that guys on tour are successful is because they're all different. And there's all different types of people. I mean, if you know, the, I just named the few that I can think of: the Scott Hamilton, who does a great job, and Mark Blackburn, and John Tillery, and Claude Harmon the Third, and you know, Chris Como. I mean, every one of those folks is different, you know. And everybody teaches different, has a different style and a different approach. And you know, I think that you have to be true to who you are, and you have to stick to what you do. You know, I think if you do that, you're going to have a better, you're going to have a better chance of being successful because you have to have been able to make somebody better to get out there. Yeah. Well, it, it almost, it relates to everyday golfers as well, right? You might not be a good fit for me as a coach, as, as an amateur, as whereas this other instructor is. And, and it's that same thing as a pro. That's why you and someone like Mark Blackburn uh, are both highly successful and, and very different in, in your approach and in your style and the players you work with. Absolutely. I think, you know, and Mark and I've had this, I know you've done a fair amount of stuff with Mark. Mark and I are, what, yeah. three and a half hours down I-65 from each other. And, you know, I mean, 
you know, Mark is great from the, like, I, I go to Birmingham. I've got a, several players in Birmingham. He lets me use his place and always generous. I mean, there's no jealousy. There's no animosity there. I mean, the, the because the, the, the players that go to Mark are probably most likely never going to be a good fit to, to be with me. And the guys that have had success and that are really good with me, you know, probably aren't going to be a good fit there. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's why you need different, different folks out there. You know, you, that's why there's different teachers and there's different roadmaps to success. And so, I mean, a hundred percent, you know, that everybody's, everybody's different and there's different approaches and there's different ways. And I, you know, I think you have people, I, I don't know that people have myths. I just don't think people understand. Like, so it's not the same as teaching a one hour golf lesson on the range, you know? So well, you've, you've sat here with me in the dome and, you know, I'll have four or five through the afternoon juniors or club members that come in to take a lesson and every lesson, you know, we cover different things and, you know, there's a structure to a lesson, but you know, when you're teaching a tour player and you're teaching at a tour event, you know, I mean, a very little part of it is actual golf swing instruction. Thank you so much to Tony Ruggiero for joining us. Make sure to check out what he's doing. He has a great book. He has a show on SiriusXM. There's a lot of good things going on. And if you are in the Alabama, the Mobile area, make sure to check out his teaching. If you have a junior, he is a fantastic person to send that junior to. He does some amazing camps. You can actually check out videos that we've done two video episodes on those on the golf science lab youtube channel those would be really cool for you to check out so you can get a better idea of who tony is and kind of how he teaches if you're listening to the podcast thank you so much for joining us make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to so you can catch all of the episodes that come out probably a couple times a week at this point for you so make sure to not miss any of those and if you're not a golf science lab insider make sure to do that it's completely free you get everything first you get all the notifications all the updates if you really want to stay up to date on what we're doing and give yourself the best chance to improve your game make sure to sign up for that you can head over to golfsciencelab.com insider to get access i just put in your email address and we will keep you up to date and this episode was hosted written by me cordy walker and you can follow me on twitter at cordy walker and was edited mixed and produced by just hit publish productions 